Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today I have the privilege of having my personal photographer, Lamont Gwynn. He is magical. Actually, I don't look that handsome with his photographs. I look better than Brad Pitt. Uh, Lamont, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Omar. I appreciate it. The reason I wanted to have you on the show is like so many people feel self-conscious about their photographs. It's like, don't take my photograph. And when you're taking professional shots, you need to feel comfortable in your skin. You can't pretend who you are. You need to authentically feel powerful in who you are. And that conveys a message to people looking at it. And so how long did it take you to go from being photographer to someone that could actually capture magic? It took me a while, um, to be honest. And I know when I first started photography, it was a situation where I just thought I just wanted to take pictures. It was something that I enjoyed doing. Um, but then I started to notice something that for me, it wasn't just about um, the way people looked. Like I needed something more. And it, the funny thing is, although I was doing it, it took me years to figure out why I was doing it. But for me, innately, it was something about me that just needed more. And I really started um, maybe about six years into, in, into my photography business. I really started honing in on expression. So, yeah. What's kind of interesting is uh, I haven't played squash since uh, May. I left uh, Baltimore in May. I was playing squash every single morning or tennis. And then it's been like six months since I played. So I'm back at the court, not playing any games yet. But I was talking to a more experienced player. I said, you know, hey, I'm looking for some games. I'm a C player. And then we batted the ball around a little bit. And he goes, uh, you're not a C player, dude. You're a D player. <laughs> and I was like, and he wasn't being mean. It was just my image of myself was a C, but the reality was I was definitely a D. How depressing. So for you, as you were improving your craft, you must have had a sense of, I'm pretty good, hey? And then when did you realize that you weren't as good as you thought and you really needed to find more expertise and mastery in this area? So I really had, um, early on in my business, I really had an issue with connecting with people. Right. It was this warm-up phase where I, because I'm not, I'm an introvert by nature. I'm the guy at a social event who sits in the corner and doesn't say anything to anybody. And when I go to a marketing, a networking event, I really have to focus and make myself go up to people. So even people coming into the studio, it was just really difficult for me to warm up to them and them to warm up to me. Right. So it's this like really odd thing. So I, um, 
there was a photographer in New York who had a workshop called Light is Light. And he really helped me understand light. But then I said to him, listen, I want to do a one-on-one with you because I have an issue connecting with people, right? So he sends me a photo of a, of a model and says, this is going to be our model for the, and I said, no, I don't work with model models. I need a mom. Find me a mom that I can actually shoot with. <laughs> no, no please go on. I, yeah, I needed, I needed somebody who I knew that was, um, my target audience. Right. And, um, I watched how he, um, I watched how he, uh, worked with them. But then after practice and practice and practice, I then be- get, began to get into a rhythm with people. And I began to actually, in my sales process, um, when people first walk into the door, uh, setting the expectation for the shoot, all of that I started to connect as a way to use uh, as a way to use um, the experience and getting to know the person, so that when they walk through the door, I didn't feel like I was meeting a stranger for the first time. They felt like they had a connection with me prior to. So right. it took years for me to get that, but it was a practice. It, and once I had that photo shoot with that uh, with that. Guru. Um, yeah, that guru in New York, it really helped me to see the areas that I could improve on. And then I just started practicing because it's not something I didn't walk away from that meeting. I mean, from that experience thinking, oh, I got it. It was a practice. It was a practice. So I was listening to uh, the radio and there was this like jazz great. I'm not a jazz guy, so I don't remember who that was, but he was like 89 million years old. Like he was like way in his 80s or 90s. And the uh, young buck that was interviewing him, he said, so, you know, I guess you don't need to practice anymore. He goes, son, I practice three hours every day. That's my favorite part of the day. So no matter how far you get in your profession, practicing your craft is how you get great at it. And uh, a lot of people go, teach me something new. Oh, oh, yeah, I got it. Let's move on. What's the next thing? It's like, no, master what you know. And practicing should be, especially if you're self-aware when you're practicing, no matter whether you're in sales, leadership, photography, playing the violin, being self-aware and uh, noticing the results you're getting. Because I told you about this guy who said, Umar, you're not a C, you're a D, aka you suck, dude. But he showed me a way to hit the ball. And I said, okay, well, how will I know I'm hitting it well? He says, you know, hit it against the wall and have it come close to the back wall. That's how you'll know the sound that the ball makes when you hit it and also how far it comes back. And that became, in the past, I would just hit it and not pay attention to the results. And he just got me to focus on the results. And so thank you for sharing that, Lamont. And dear listeners, no matter what your craft is, you need to get better. Uh, whether you're Wayne Gretzky or you're just like a little kid in the backyard playing. I mean, Canada, we have to talk about hockey, by the way. It's a national law. So Lamont, you were telling me that you're doing a pivot because you want to make people feel really comfortable when they're in front of the camera doing videos because videos, you know, has been an important thing for the last 10 years. But in the past two or three people are realizing, oh, oh my God, I need to do videos. And a lot of people put them off because what if I'm not good enough? And you were telling me before we went on air that this whole idea of doing this training came about when you uh, wanted to work with this woman who charges, if anybody has a heart condition, please sit down. She charges 
$25,000 for a retreat, a mansion retreat. Tell us the story. So I get a call from her. Um, and the funny thing is she's in my inner circle or part uh, of my inner circle. Her name so we can actually promote her too. <laughs> her name is Donna St. Louis. Oh my God, and, I almost heard of her. No, I'm in Canada. We don't hear of anything, but please go on. <laughs> uh, so she called me and she said, hey, um, we have, I'm, I'm doing this matching retreat. We need you to do photos and submit a proposal. I submit the proposal and the gentleman who I'm connected to through her call, called me back and said, listen, you really don't value yourself. You didn't charge enough, pretty much. And you'll realize that later on. So I called her in uh, early October to say, hey, um, I'm just calling to follow up about the the proposal. She says to me, well, you, um, we're not doing headshots is what he, she said. Well, a day later, I get a phone call from a gentleman, a f- f- photographer friend of mine in Daytona. He's like, hey, I just got called for to do this proposal for a... Um, uh, no, I just got hired to do uh, hit, um, photos, not headshots, but photos for a mansion retreat. And I'm like, wait, I know this. Yep. I know this person. I submitted this, a proposal to them. So I told him, listen, I submitted a proposal to them. They turned it down. He said, but what we need you to do is come in and work, do the video for us. So I went in and what I learned um, is just how afraid people are in front of the camera. Right. And there were so many people who had breakthroughs through working with me that they raved about the experience. They when I tell you they raved about the experience, they raved about it. One one woman, she um she was so disheartened because she hadn't figured out what she was going to do and she was tired. And so I told her I, and I, we had a conversation about just focusing on you know, taking some time to, 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 um, to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I told her, I said, you know what, go take a nap, go take a nap. Um, talk, meditate on what you want because you don't have the answers. And one of the things that I've learned is that Oprah Winfrey said, when you don't have the answers, go quiet. So go in your room, go quiet. When she came out, she was so refreshed but she had our, she had in her mind what she wanted to say. And then I coached her through the process. She, she was the one who came out the superstar. But no. what happened in the process is that they all started to, they all started to come alive in front of the camera. So that experience taught me that I needed to, because I'm already an expression coach with photography, that I need to step in helping people in, uh, stepping into yeah. their confidence in front of the camera. Nice. So let's talk about that. There's a you know a lot of celebrity interviews. You know people that are like Hollywood stars. Their life is in front of the camera, but they will say you know I won the Oscar, and then for the next six months I was worried that I'd never get hired again, that I wasn't good enough. A lot of people say you know I feel like a fraud or an imposter. We've got a name for it, imposter syndrome. So let's talk about human beings and how they see themselves versus how other people see them. Thoughts. So generally what happens is people believe that when they step in front of the camera, they have to become someone else. Okay. And mm-hmm. So hold off on the camera part. Let's talk in general first and we'll go back to the camera. Okay. How people see themselves versus how others see them. 
Because oftentimes you can see people and go, oh my God, Jack could be a superstar, but Jack can't see it. So Aid, think of someone specific that you've come across like that. Don't name names because you don't want to embarrass anyone. But kind of give me a sense of what you see versus what how they see themselves. And let's talk about what's happening inside their mind when that happens. So I've coined a phrase about that. It's, it's what I call Dolby surround sound negative head chatter. I love it's it. All, it's all the things that... They sure loves this. Uh, they, they, they're so excited that names being used with negative chat. But please go on. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all the things that they say about themselves that honestly, a lot of people don't say about them when they see them. So it's I'm to this. I'm to that. I'm not this. I'm not that. So they get so focused and so into their headspace about um, who they you know, their own perception of themselves, that it's really difficult for them to grow beyond that. Absolutely. And and a lot of times what's happening is we pay attention to the negative voice in our head. And what we need to realize is there's something inside our psyche that's causing that voice. And you can try and address the symptom or you can go down and figure out, oh, this belief is causing that when we heal that belief, the voice stops. In fact, we can turn on another voice. Right now, the voice in my head is saying, Umar, you are damn good looking. Oh my God. Thank you. So you can change the voice inside your head when you change the beliefs. But that is doubly problematic when you're in front of a camera because people don't feel comfortable. In fact, there was a Friends episode where I don't remember the episode where one of the gals was talking about, it was an old video. And she said before the video started, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds to you. And she must have been chubby when she was young. And one of the other co-stars says, exactly how many cameras were on you? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so why does it get even more uh, intense when we're in front of a camera, that self-image that we have? It gets more intense because we look at this thing, this, this eye in front of us, and we see it as a flaw. It's a revealer of flaws. Yes. Right? When we watch the news, when we watch television, when we watch movies, we don't hear all of the retakes. We don't hear the mistakes. You know, a news person, it barely, they will make up a stumble here and there, but for the most part, they can just go. Um, on, also, on movies. Just put that in perspective, that's what it appears like, but they're operating off a teleprompter as well. They got experience on it. They're just freaking reading and make it sound like they're not reading. So yeah, we have this unfair model, which is like movies, TV personalities that we compare ourselves to. So so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And we feel that we have to, uh, we have to hit a level of perfection when it really isn't about being perfect. We also feel a lot of times people feel they don't know what to say or they have to script out what they what they are going to say. And one of the techniques I use with the folks at the mansion retreat is before we even hit record, I just ask them questions and they were hitting them just like that. And I say, you listen, you know this information. A lot of times we feel that it has to come out this really crisp kind of way when it really doesn't you know the information so you could be sneakier lamont like what's interesting is if the camera's on and the other person doesn't know it they're natural they're powerful they're charismatic 
And yep. but as soon as the camera switches on, all of a sudden we're self-conscious. That voice, am I doing things? Yeah. One of the things that really annoys me about podcasting is this: is you and I'll be having a conversation, and as soon as uh, I stop recording, then magic happens. Like I was talking to the CEO, we had this great podcast, and he's brilliant. And we stopped recording, and he goes, "You know, I should have told you about the time I went bankrupt and I lost all my money that I had to live in a six-dollar a day motel." And within a year, I had a $1 million business started. And when the camera was on, he was self-conscious. But as soon as we switched it off, all of a sudden, he woke up. So, yeah, absolutely. So how do you make people feel comfortable? When you prime them with questions so they have a sense of what they want to say, what else do you do? So there's some pre-work as well. One of the things that I learned about um, doing this uh, retreat is that um, you have to do some pre-work and what we talked about, one of the things you've talked about is limiting beliefs, right? Yes. So th- to get over that, the question that I start with is, what is your current belief about recording? And I have Perfect. them write yeah. down that belief. All right. Now, what do you want to believe? What do you want when you get in front of the confident? I mean, in front of the camera. I am a and sexy then you bitch. Write, huh? I am a sexy bitch. That's what I want. <laughs> hey, hey. So you write it down. And then you go back and you draw a line through your current belief. Yeah. I mean, your, your, your current belief. And you then accept the new belief. Yes. That's, 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 the, that's at the, the, the foundation of it. And then we do other work. There's other work that um, has to happen in order for people to get in the mindset that, one, I can do this, to step into their confidence. And it's not really step into it. It's really command it. You can command confidence with a snap of a finger and just like that. And um, through the process, that's what I help um, through the process. That's what I help people do is to be able to snap a finger and be in confidence so that they now can look at the camera straight through the lens and deliver whatever they want to say um, in confidence and feel good about it. Absolutely. Because I think uh, for us. The reality is this, if you can be natural without the camera there, you're proof positive that you've got that ability. And what we need to do is to uh, take the fear out of the lens. And uh, that's what you do masterfully. And uh, folks, uh, I've had Lamont uh, take photographs. Uh, He went to do another training with some light guru and he came back so excited uh, and said, hey, uh, let me take some shots without any lighting. And there's some of the best shots you've taken of me came when it wasn't a formal studio setting. It was just you and a camera and just learning how to master light because that is the fabric of the work that you do. Same thing in video. And dear listeners and viewers, figure out what is the language that you're using, whether it's sales, leadership, parenting, being an athlete. What do you play with? What do you need to master to become fabulous? Lamont, we're going to put all your links down below of this interview. There's two more questions I have for you. Number one, what is a mind hack to, uh, you could share with listeners that they could use this technique to be more confident right now, today? One of the mind hacks that I use is grounding. And I want to thank you for that. So um, grounding is an exercise where you actually visualize a huge tree with a, 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 a humongous trunk coming into your body and the roots growing down your legs. And you know, with a big tree like that, you know, extending out. 
And once I, once you do that grounding exercise, you can come out of it and feel confidence. That's one of the techniques, my hacks that I use all the time when I feel my nerves just taking over. Brilliant. And what's a book you'd recommend that our readers, uh, our viewers, listeners uh, read? A book, um, the a, a power, the power of the um, subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy. That book has really inspired me and helped me to understand the power of my con- my subconscious mind. You know, Umar, I write notes, I write letters to my subconscious mind and put them under my pillow on a nightly basis. And it has been amazing. I've seen amazing results. Brilliant. Lamont, thank you so much for being on the show. Can't wait to have you on uh, another one real soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 